0: It's Saturday morning, it's 10 o'clock, and this is the Van Wee Financial Hour. I'm Steve Van Wee. And I'm Adam Van Wee. And I need to issue a little disclaimer right up front. For those of you who were holding on through the real estate show, you you may not realize that that was a rerun. And the (laughs) last thing they do before they sign off is to look through the glass at us, and we give them a thumbs up or thumbs down for how the market was. And a week ago today, we had four thumbs up. I need to Uh, correct (laughs) this week. So as we go into it this morning, just remember that we weren't wrong. It was just a timing problem. Anyway, all the regulars, thanks for always being there. You know, we we love doing the show because people like you. And if you're new to the show and found out about it either on purpose, by accident, by reference, whatever... Welcome. Try to stick around for the hour. We'll talk about a bunch of fun things, and I guarantee you'll learn something. And further, if you want to derail our train of thought any old time, all you got to do is pick up the phone, down 904-222-8255, and we will give way to whatever you want to talk about immediately. You guys are more important than what we've got to say. Um, gee. After last week, with all those thumbs up, it just was kind of a disappointment this week.
1: Yeah, it wasn't that bad, though. Well, we started out well. We did. Monday was great. Yeah, and that kind of saved the rest of the week. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Even <laughs> the week doing Monday. There was no shortage of news for pundits to talk about this week. Personally, I don't think any of it moved the market, no matter what they say. I think this was a case of good, old-fashioned profit-taking, Um all the markets were were trading well above their, their moving averages. And it, it just was one of those weeks you kind of had a feeling that it was going to come back down to earth. At least I did going into the week. So well, it wasn't if they a were surprise. looking
0: for good news, they could have found it. So I assume they weren't looking. Ooh, there was a lot of bad
1: news. So well, there we actually had, it was a real mixed bag. Right? We had inflation. We had fear yep. of a Fed hike. We had the Delta yep. variant. We had tensions with China escalating. We had intervention in Cuba potential. We had Afghanistan being taken over the Taliban. I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on that was negative. Yeah, week. and
0: then there, there were, were the
1: economics, which were really great. Um. Well. I mean, the so when, when inflation indicators beat their estimates, is that really great? <laughs> well, it depends. Yeah.
0: So... If you need inflation, which arguably we do, yes. We
1: need a little bit. We don't need that, as much as well, we're seeing right that now. That made up for some lost time, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So... Anyways, it was, again, it's also one of those times when good news can be considered bad news. So when you see a strong retail sales report and the market starts the day up like it did on Friday and then it drops for the rest of the day, that is that is the classic good news is bad news because, uh-oh, the, the market's so good, the Fed might raise rates.
0: Exactly. So, Want to hear what the experts had to say prior to the retail sure. sales? Zero Hedge, expect a, quote, marked slowdown in retail sales. I didn't see that. Forex Live. The problem with retail sales. <laughs> Nasdaq sizing up June retail sales, expect a 0.5% decline. Market Screener. June retail sales expected to decline. RDSP Investments. S&P 500 falls as bulls sideline despite upbeat earnings, retail sales eyed. They blew it.
1: Yeah, they, sure they blew did. it big. Well, the expectation was a drop of 0.3%, and we actually showed a gain of 0.6%. So they missed it by almost a full percentage point That's in the That's a lot of money difference. And not just missed it, but they thought it would decline and it increased. Right. That's a huge difference. Um I, I was it was letter, all eaten up in price increases. Well, <laughs> they too. did never bring that up. Of the 13 sectors in the report, nine posted month-over-month gains, so it was a pretty well-rounded report. Of the 13 sectors, only one didn't move more than 1% in either direction. That is very unusual. Yes, it is. Really volatile. Um, That amount of volatility should decrease as things return to a more normal state post-COVID. The losers in the report were furniture, auto parts, sporting goods, and building materials. Now, if that list sounds a lot like the things that benefited from covid that's because those are the things that benefited from COVID. Hmm. So those were, they were all down more than 1% as people went back to having experiences traveling, going to bars and restaurants. Which
0: is related to the trivia question you're going to do after the break.
1: Somewhat, yeah. Uh, the biggest gainers were miscellaneous, whatever that is, electronics and appliances, clothing, gas stations, and bars and restaurants. So there you go. The things that were up this month were things that were down during COVID. So a pretty interesting report really a big shift from the last year, but overall very positive report as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though it was positive, the market results weren't not, uh, the NASDAQ took the steepest dive losing 1.9%. S and P was down 1% and the Dow was off just 0.5%. That was despite a 300 point drop on Friday. So the Dow actually was having a pretty nice week, um, up until Friday. Um, the Nasdaq is the only one that has turned negative for the month. The Dow and the S and P are both still positive. So, yeah, and
0: look at the year to
1: date too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we needed a pause. Fact, yeah,
0: I, exactly. I would call this a relief um, consolidation or something. Exactly. Along that's, those lines. that's
1: why I wasn't surprised to see it at all. Right. Um, energy was the biggest drag on the S and P 500 this week. It lost more than seven percent. Really interesting. It's, I couldn't figure that one out. No, it, it really took a dive. Consumer discretionary and materials were down 1.9%. Utilities were the big winner up more than 2.5%, followed by consumer staples up one4 There was definitely a flight from cyclical to the defensive stocks uh, within the S&P 500 this week. And, and maybe that was the Delta variant news sort of pushing that. We are seeing spikes all across the country. Mm-hmm. Again, if people were vaccinated, this wouldn't be a problem. Um but no, it's not as deadly as the original. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's some death spiking up. I think it's just the, the mental fatigue from well, COVID. What does it get you?
0: you go out and get yourself a couple of vaccines and run whatever whatever risk there is in there, which is not great. And then they want you to wear a mask.
1: Well, some places. Some places. Yeah. Viva La Florida. Mm-hmm. Um the U.S. wasn't the only market to sell off this week, either. Equities around the world were following the same pattern. There were a few positive markets, like Brazil up 3.3%, Hong Kong up one6 and Mexico one4 Now, let me get this straight.
0: Mm-hmm. Brazil was up. Yeah. They have a COVID problem like nobody else on Earth. True. Hong Kong is being threatened by the mainland. Yeah,
1: I don't know what that's all about.
0: Was this a contrarian week? Maybe. And Mexico, I don't know. How are things in Mexico? Uh, I haven't heard anything good or bad. Well, they're getting rid of a lot of their, their cast-offs. Just send them over to Texas.
1: Oh, I saw that. Maybe though. that's why Mexico is doing so well. Record uh, arrests yeah. at the border. Blew sick. the number right through the roof. Yeah. Um, by and large, international markets were down. Spain was one of the biggest losers, down 4%. UK was down 23 Canada, about 2%. So. Um, despite that, the Emerging Markets ETF, EEM, it bucked the trend and gained three-tenths of a percent, but the all-world except for U.S. ETF was off by almost 1%. So Emerging Markets actually looked pretty good this mm-hmm. week relative to the About rest time. of the world. Yeah, they've been dragging a little bit recently. Commodities were flat. Oil dropped almost 2%. Gold, and sil- gold was up. Silver was down one area of strength was the bond market as the 10-year treasury yield dropped under 1.3 to end the week. So uh, kind of a plunging uh, 10-year yield, which is interesting. It is.
0: And oil did actually settle down this week because of Friday too, but it's still high. There are some things that I found kind of inexplicable. Small caps took it on the chin. They did. Really badly. And it, it seems now that there's there's sector rotation, size rotation, all kinds of rotating things that you can't really pinpoint a reason why. So I was I made in my notes this morning, SBTM, which is the Total Stock Market Index, I looked at against everything, and it's, it's kind of picking up everything that's going on, good, bad, and indifferent, so something to think about for investors. All right, we're going to pay some bills. Don't go away. We'll be right back. This is the Banway Financial Hour. Welcome back to the Van Wee Financial Hour. I'm Steve Van Wee. And I'm Adam Van Wee. And we have, as usual, a trivia question. And, as usual, sponsored by Ken Bales at First Coast Alarm. You can call Ken at 904-636-7888. And this week, Adam has it.
1: I do. So, let me just pull it up. I uh, One second.
0: I said it was COVID-related okay. somewhat. It, it, it has to do with people's, uh, what, a opinions, their lifestyles, their reconsideration as to what's important now and yeah. all those um, things.
1: So I, th- I thought this was really interesting. This is an annual survey that looks at people's attitudes towards money and what it takes to be rich. And this year, there was a big difference in what the amount of money that it takes for the average person in the, that took the survey to consider someone wealthy or rich. How much less money in dollars does it take to be wealthy this year versus last year?
0: According to the general
1: public. Yeah.
0: Well, I think you first have to define rich, which I have done, so you don't even have to think about it. It's somebody else who has more money than you do. (laughs) Or if you listen to the media, it's someone with a big income. Yes, and that's really one of the interesting things. I've got all kinds of stuff on this, but... Some people consider millionaires
1: people who make a million dollars. Well, I, I can show you people who make a million dollars and they don't have two nickels to rub together. I've seen some really interesting uh, figures that people have put together about people making a million dollars and living in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And at the, it, at, it, at the end of the year, they have about as much disposable income as someone making 200000 in a regular city. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, let's not mistake this. To be rich, you need wealth to right. stay rich don't spend the principal mhm it's very true that's the real truth but that's not how people think so don't don't answer the question based on what i told you we're talking about what the average person's perception is and and by the way repeating that
1: the the number you want is, is okay there's a dollar amount that last year that people considered if you had this much you're you're wealthy or you're rich yeah, so that you're really talking about wealth i think yeah wealth okay. so it's a it's a fixed dollar figure it's not income right. it's how much money do you need to have to be rich today versus last year in the same okay. survey okay. and what is the difference between those two okay and it's either up or down there i, I just gave him a great clue that great clue yeah. thank
0: you so it's not yeah, the same I'm always trying to
1: help all right. Uh, a couple of things to wrap up. Earnings season is now underway, and it started with a bang early in the week as uh, J.P. Morgan actually doubled their profits from last year, and Goldman Sachs blew out their report as well. Um, and then Citi and Bank of America also both reported and had good quarters, and all four of them dropped <laughs> in stock price. So <laughs> just goes to show you, you can't figure that out. I, I don't know. Some days you can't cut a break. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure how that works, but that's what happened. Um, but earnings season off to a pretty good start and we're going to get a lot more earnings, um, this week and then really ramp up the following week. So we'll be keeping an eye on that and let you know what happens. The other thing that blew him away... Well, go finish up here. No, I was going to
0: move on to inflation, oh, so... Yeah, me too.
1: Oh, okay. The other thing that blew him away was inflation. Uh, there's some numbers for you. Yeah, so we were joking before the show, if a inflation report beats its expectation, meaning there's more inflation than what they thought, is that a good thing? <laughs> because according to the way that we look at these things, they consider it a, a beat on, on inflation, but gosh, some of these numbers are beats so high that... It's hard to really look at it like a good thing if you're a
0: consumer. So but We've we spent so many months in the last few years with negative numbers where even a zero was considered a good beat for, for a long time. It was through yeah. the Great Recession, as they love to call it. And the
1: recovery. And, and then yeah.
0: COVID and so on. So we needed some inflation. And, and for, if that sounds funny to anybody, think about what having some inflation means. There is no incentive to put off a purchase. There is no incentive for producers to produce later.
1: No, it's the opposite, actually. It's the
0: opposite. It stimulates the economy when we have
1: some inflation. It makes you feel like you need to buy now because it's going to be more expensive tomorrow. So
0: if you wonder why the Fed has a minimum of 2%, I actually prefer a number between 3 and
1: 4. Historically, at least when I was in grad school a lot of years ago, 3% was always the number we used for inflation. But Which I think is very reasonable, ever since I got, controllable. Ever since I got out of grad school, we haven't even really mm-hmm. seen a three percent inflation rate. So, well, look now. Yeah, now we have it. Um, and I'm not sure I love it. No. Uh, <laughs> um, the CPI was up 5.4 percent year over year. It was the highest since July of 2008. The pace of increase has now declined for eight months in a row. So that is giving the Fed's transitory argument a little bit of uh, credence, but it's it's not. What's happen- important? The the rise, the rate of change, the price level. Yes, all of the above. Yeah, I
0: think. When you say inflation is transitory, does that mean prices will stop going up? Stop going up as fast? Come down?
1: They don't really explain themselves. I think, I mean, I I kind of understand what they're saying. I, I really believe that the used auto market, which you're going to talk about in yeah. a minute, mm-hmm. is is overheated right now. I think that not only will you see the rate of increase stop, I think you will actually see a decrease in the prices of used cars. Because right now there's a limited supply, and that's what's driving the price up, and that's not going to last. And a lot of it is artificial, not due to COVID. It's
0: artificial due to the shortage of semiconductors that are keeping new cars from being finished.
1: I think there's something else going on there. A lot of people moved out of cities and bought a car during COVID. Another good point. Yeah, and I I think that as people move back to New York and and L.A. and Chicago and the big, big cities where you don't really need a car, uh, I think we'll see that reverse a little bit. uh, I can't remember who it was, but one of the...
0: Smarter tongues on TV this week said, We're going to start manufacturing more used cars.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I thought um, so. Yeah. So from February to May of 2020, inflation was actually declining due to COVID. But from June on, it has been increasing, June of last year. So now, year over year comps going forward, you've lost the excuse of, well, we're coming off a low base and it's not right. valid anymore. So now, the, the ones from here until the end of the year are much more important than the ones we saw in the first half of the year. Yeah, yeah so the COVID months are dropping off all the 12-month moving averages now. So you're, you're talking real versus real. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so we really need to be, uh, if the pace of inflation doesn't slow down, at least slow down from here on out, then we really need to start getting a little bit more worried about the inf- the inflation and the possibility of a Fed rate hike.
0: And we're running out of year, which means – I'm talking fiscal year now where the Social Security cost of living estimates, coal estimates, they're now up to 6.1% estimated. And I think last year we got one3 6.1%. That's a big jump, folks. Government can't afford it. They'll never admit it. It is going to be real bad for the deficit. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. There's no way they would ever – Give that they would somehow use the chain CPI to get out of that. Even
0: that's running neck and neck. Mm -hmm. And and I know what you're saying, and I know they're going to try, but it's getting.
1: You can run, but you can't hide. We'll see, won't we? Or maybe just give the increase and then increase Medicare by fifty (laughs) percent. Oh, you can count on that. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's
0: a provision in Medicare that says not everybody has to pay the minimum which sounds kind of weird, but if you're in a position, and some people are, it's usually transitory, if I might use the word of the day, if they're in a position where their Social Security didn't go up as much as their Medicare, that the government can't raise their cost of Medicare to them any more than the increase in Social Security. So we have to wait for a year where Social Security goes up more than Medicare, and then they play catch-up. But you, you... the the bottom line on this is your your net social security check cannot go down unless you change income brackets and then Irma kicks in. That's just a little oddity about it, which frankly I think is only fair. Otherwise, people would be taking home less money. The older people would be taking home less money year after year after year.
1: We can't have that. No. Well, I'm I mean, one of them. We, we can't have that. We can't afford it. No. The government can't afford it. Okay. There's too many uh, people on Social Security, and they already mm. can't afford it. So.
0: 61 million. Yeah. Which that's a big number.
1: They they all paid in and did what they were supposed to do, so exactly. they deserve right. we the were good, benefits. Yep, we were good soldiers. But the system is just not uh, – not, the funding part of it is not working right now. No. Yep. And a lot of that's demographics. Um, I, I haven't seen any really good studies about what happens when all the gen – um, generation below mine, Gen Y, or the millennials are earning and earning their full earning potential, uh, you would think that some of that would shift since my generation is so small. Yeah, you
0: would. It, it's a We've got an hourglass going on population-wise. Right. The, very, the old boomers, me, are so much more numerous, even as we're dying off. Um, the, the middle, your generation, is mm-hmm. small because it started small. And then... You guys are much better about it, apparently, than we were. And now the younger generation is large again. So we've got a sort of a temporary problem. It's structural. I haven't seen anyone
1: prove that it's temporary, but it feels like it should be. It does.
0: And if we can avoid doing stupid stuff, as Obama always liked to say, then we'll probably come out of it. Meanwhile, in 2031, it's going broke.
1: Yeah, well, under the current, under but the current. as we've talked about, no party is going to be the one that lets that happen under their watch. It doesn't matter who's in power. Okay.
0: Oh, We're going to get into some other topics. Um, I, wanna, I want everybody to hang on. Look in your bank accounts. Yes. Did you get child tax credits? If you do, do not hang up this program and go anywhere else. Sit and listen right after the break. Six. You're going to... Here's something
1: you yeah. did not expect you could yeah you could be facing a hefty yeah. hefty surprise at yeah. the end of the year and you won't like it uh, another quick note
0: last week i mentioned that used cars were coming down and this week they said they were up 10.5 both of those are in june depends how you measure it don't worry about it it'll go away all right we'll be right back don't go anywhere this is the Vanley Financial Hour. Welcome back to the VanWee Financial Hour. I'm Steve VanWee. And I'm Adam VanWee. And
1: we still have a trivia question out there, which is? It is. how much, According to a recent survey, how much less money does it take to be considered wealthy this year versus last year?
0: And a lot of it is COVID-related attitudes about life and people and money, according to the survey people. All right. Did you... Let's see, we got a phone ring. Did you... Receive some extra money in your checking account this past week. What day was it, Thursday?
1: I believe it was Thursday morning I woke up to find a deposit that I was not expecting in my checking and
0: account. That was the current round of child tax credits. Now, the, the tax credit is not like it was. Now, first rule of the Van We Financial
2: Hour is good morning, George. Good morning. What's uh, I've got a question that came to mind in listening to Joe Pippen this morning. Yeah. Um, I recently added my daughter to my money market account as a joint owner. Mm-hmm. Is that considered a gift? So I have to pay gift taxes on it? Or- um Technically,
0: that is a question for a CPA or an attorney. I'll give you an opinion, but I won't give you an answer because we're not qualified to do that. Um, I'll go with no on this one only because I've been told that. And I don't know. I him sitting here staring at me, and I can see the wheels going around in his head, too.
1: Um, if I'm the IRS and I want that to be considered a gift, I think they could make a valid argument that it is yes
0: and that, but they it won't really happen now you don't have a couple million in your your uh, money market account do you no good because uh, we'd have to talk about other things too then but um i i think the the ruling on that would probably go according to the times i've been asked about this or or have asked professionals about it that since she has control of the money she can take a hundred percent of it and run and you're out, and therefore they don't consider it a gift. It's an ownership. But, again, this is Steve talking as a CFP. It is not an attorney. It is not a CPA, and it cannot be construed as actual advice. So please don't take
2: it that way. Okay. But I I figured as long as I was the one that was going to pay the federal tax on the interest in the account, that it wouldn't be a gift. Well, and let's talk about that the 1099
0: is probably going to go to both of you 50/50. You think so? Well, she's an owner. Now, you can pay the taxes and and give or she can pay the taxes and you can reimburse her for it and still stay well under the uh, legal limit for gifting. But technically, if if you're dual owners, you get a 1099 with both names on it, which hmm. means IRS is going to match two social security numbers to it. Yeah, It seems logical to me anyway. Well, did you just do this because you're such a nice guy or did you do it because somebody told you to? And if so, was that your daughter?
2: Just for safety purposes. If yeah, I... which I think is fine.
0: Yeah, hmm. yeah I, I honestly don't mind that at all. A, a better way probably would be to open up a different account, move the money into it, and on that account attach a rider that's called a TOD or a transfer on death. And then she does not have access to it, so she well, can't rob you blind. But, well, Adam's thinking here. But
1: if if I per- want her to have, per- per- have access right. to it. But if he okay. needs help, yeah, 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 right. or then, anything like then that... Then a durable power attorney that's, that on would, it would that, work. Because that would be a safer way to do if it.
0: If you give her a durable power of attorney on all your financial accounts, she doesn't need anything else, because that will allow her to do things while you're alive. Now, the durable power doesn't survive you... So at that moment, you want to also have had a TOD or a beneficiary clause on all of your accounts that will go to her.
1: Now, that all that being said, this is a situation that we see fairly yeah. often. And um, <laughs> as long as we're talking about a, a relatively not huge amount of money, I... I don't know. Uh, Joe would be able to answer it exactly, but it's not something that I would spend a lot of time worrying about. You're yeah, talking about five, ten, twenty thousand dollars 10 dollars $20,000.
2: I'm talking about a couple hundred thousand. Oh,
0: well, no, man, now, then you're... You, now you're getting up <laughs> yeah. into some yeah. real money. Yeah. Um, mm. I, I do much prefer the durable power of attorney and, and a TOD clause. And, again, it's not tax advice. It's what we would do. Because we know that it's not going to cause any problems. And you know, I have had a couple people in the office over time. Adam knows this. People came in and said, I put my daughter or sister or whatever on my account. She took the money and I haven't seen her since.
1: Not that this would happen to you, no. but we have seen that.
0: <laughs> yeah. So if, if you want to set it up in a, quote, safer manner, I would transfer it to a brand new account only in your name with her permission. And then give her the durable power of attorney and the TOD on it, and now you're covered, for sure.
2: Now you're allowed how much lifetime gift? Two hundred oh. and something was it? Oh, um, f-
1: way, way s- more than that.
0: Five point seven million.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and if
2: you're-
0: now the only thing is if you give her more than fifteen thousand dollars in a year, you have to file a gift tax return for any amount in excess of fifteen thousand. But that's just a, a form seven hundred six goes with your tax return. I think seven hundred six is right. And the rumor about that is the IRS gets a tax return in the mail and the right, guy t- jumps up or and yells, tax re- gift re- tax return. Yeah, Guy opens the mail and jumps up and down and says, hey, everybody, some idiot filed a gift tax return. <laughs> <laughs> but don't believe it. You, you really do need to. And the, if they ever start looking at you, they won't look at it for that. But if they start looking at you for something else and they find that, uh-oh, gift taxes are 40%. Yeah, yeah. it's quite steep.
3: So I know that was
0: kind of complicated and not not a good legal opinion, but it's good advice from a planning standpoint.
1: Yeah, George, with the amount of money you have in there, you, it, it is something that you should think about. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I I didn't realize it was quite that much money, so that would be uh, enough that the IRS could get interested, and I would I would maybe do something about that. I would call Joe to uh, next Saturday or yeah. even off. Line and, and just get his opinion on that. He would be a good resource for that. Yeah, okay, I'll do that.
2: All right, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Oh, well, we appreciate the phone
0: call. Thank you. Did you want to take a shot at the trivia question?
2: What was it? What was it? how much more you had to have, uh, earn last year to be rich or what?
0: not
1: earn? Actually, it's half, not more. Actually, have it's less. I'd say two hundred thousand. More That's, or less, plus or minus. Well, he's saying less. Uh, less? Okay. Yeah, and because it is less. And yeah. it's actually even, it's a bigger number than that. Yeah. COVID, wow. COVID changed perception so much that it's a substantially bigger number than $200,000. Yep. But you have, hmm. you have bracketed it
0: very nicely with a low level, but it's really quite a bit more than that. Because I the, think you'd be surprised with, with a, what a change of attitude can happen in a
2: year. It, a lot of things changed in a year. Yeah, no didn't kidding. they
0: though? And it does make you appreciate some of the finer things. And I don't mean wealth. <laughs> All
2: right. Thanks again. Well, thank thanks you for the call. I really appreciate it. But
0: yeah, that's interesting. You know, that it happens so often. And I guess what I really need to do is get a legal opinion on that. That
1: I have a feeling ask that this is one of those that if you ask ten lawyers, you yeah. might get three different opinions.
0: Now, I'll, I'll ask the world's greatest expert on everything, my CPA. Yeah, she's she's not listening. All right,
1: let's talk about the tax credit.
0: Yeah. All right. So you got some money in your account? I did, and it, this was really this was really funny because I hadn't started this topic yet because I really didn't know much about it, Adam sent me an early morning text or email or something said i took got it what's 330 dollars or whatever yeah. in the account that i didn't expect and i said yeah that's the, the new child tax credit plan went into effect today but i'm not eligible for the child tax yeah. credit so then hmm. but they don't know that because you haven't filed a tax return yet but i have well, then they
1: looked at an old one. <laughs> yeah, they looked at an, at the 2019, obviously. Where we're going to have to get technical on this,
0: and I hate getting technical, but this is not like last time. When you folks were getting your child tax credits last time, it was not your money that you pay in routinely, it was a gift from Uncle Sam, and that gift was yours no matter when you took it because some people didn't have a checking account or whatever and they didn't get it so some people got checks some people got direct deposits and others didn't get it until they filed their taxes but that money was a pre you might say on a tax credit that they they gave to people now This is not like that. So I'm going to try to simplify this a little more afterwards and tell you what to look for because it's important. We'll be right back. This is the Van Wee Financial Hour. Welcome back to the Van Wee Financial Hour. I'm Steve Van Wee. And I'm Adam Van Wee. And we still have our trivia question out there. American attitudes have softened a bit as to what constitutes being rich. How much less wealth does one have to have this year, according to the survey, and less than last year, according to the same survey, and we know it's in excess of two hundred thousand dollars. Good morning, Mike.
3: Hey, good morning, gentlemen. How are we?
0: Oh well, we are excellent, and I assume you are too, because you're on the phone.
3: Um I'm hanging in there. Good hanging for you. in there. All right. The political news isn't the greatest They're these days coming from Washington, but that's a horse of a different color. That it is. Um uh, I'm going to give a shot at the trivia. Sure for it. Uh-oh. What? Are you back? Did we lose you? Oh. I'm sorry. Oh, there no, you, we go. There you, you you cut out right. for a bit and I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why either. Okay. Um if I go according to a survey done by Charles Schwab who <laughs> classifies things, you'll probably be It right. might be, be 1.9 million.
0: Oh, no, it's the difference we're looking
3: for. That's the gross oh, number. Oh, the difference. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, well, then, I think the difference, uh, I think they lastly calculated 2.6, 700,000? Well, right. yeah. yeah, there, there you go. go.
1: Ding, ding, ding. You that got That is it. what we were looking for. Yeah. So this year, good news for everyone it who is. wants to be wealthy, yeah. it requires 700,000 less dollars this yeah. year than it used to. So
0: yeah, 2.6 is a pretty hefty number. 1.9 is not a an insignificant number but it's a heck of a lot easier than the 2.6 and all that that reflects according to the information in in the schwab report it reflects people having a little bit different idea of what makes life good and being comfortable and wealthy in some respect that People are doing things and they're appreciating family and they like being able to get out of the house without putting a stupid diaper on your face. And all those things are adding to the quality of life nowadays and soften people a little bit. All right. We will put you on hold and get your name and address and Adam will send hey, you I, something.
3: Yeah, please. I appreciate Do I have one minute to point out something I just read that I thought was interesting? You absolutely do. Fire away. I appreciate that. It has to do with government statistics and how... Uh, Sometimes what the government puts out isn't entirely accurate. Hmm. <laughs> <you think> <laughs> strange. <laughs> okay. So Barron's pointed out uh, this morning that when they calculated the, the rate of inflation in 1979, they included housing prices. Yep. yep. And, and the rise in housing prices was approximately 14%, which uh, brought the inflation rate, I think, to 11.3%. percent hmm but we, the government, like only they can do, decided not to use that calculation, right. the yeah. rise in housing prices, which, uh, according to Barron's, was 23% hmm. in the past year, which would bring the inflation rate much higher than they're claiming it is. So I just yeah. thought oh, that was true. interesting.
0: They substituted a number called OER, Owner Equivalent uh, rent.
3: Right. Well, how does that work?
0: Um, they make it up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it was for June? The, the increase for June uh, in OER?
3: 2.3%?
0: It was it was
3: 0.3% for 0.3%. OER.
0: Yeah, just for OER. Now, that, had they considered it against the, the amount of money people actually spend on that thing, might well have been two or three or four times that. So it doesn't fit their narrative, therefore they have to change it. They've been doing that with the CPI since I've been alive unbelievable isn't it mm.
3: yeah enjoy your weekend gentlemen you have the greatest show
1: thank you and i will thank put you on hold and we'll get your this is stuff. why i always say the government will not allow inflation they'll make That's something exactly other right. way up to avoid admitting inflation look over there Amen. Yep. yeah look over there government
3: exactly
1: all right larry
2: quick question shoot
3: good morning good morning, good morning.
2: a required minimum nope oh. To your knowledge, has the age gone up,
1: down, or? It is 72 mm-hmm. now, um, oh. currently. There is some discussion about raising it again. It mm-hmm. recently went from 70 and a half to 72. For people born after June 30th, 1949. Correct. And uh, so th- that's a little bit of relief. And there's talk of going to 75, but it has not happened. So if you are 72, this year RMDs are back, and you do have to take one.
0: The- um, he dropped off, but the, um, the government statistical people, or maybe it's Las Vegas says there's a 53% chance of that passing. <laughs> okay. I, 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 hey, anything that's good for people, if it's over 50, 50, I'm, I'm good for it. But yes, you, the two things you have to take one. If it's your time, three things, actually, if you are turning 72 this year, your required beginning date is not this year. It's March 31st of next year. We usually
1: recommend taking one this year because it keeps you out of trouble with the double payment. Unless you are Unless still you're working, working. Yeah. and you are planning on retiring at the end of this year yeah. and your income is going to drop substantially next year, then it might be then better to a good on. idea. Yeah. The
0: other thing is once you get started this year or even if you start next year, the um, – the uh, tables are changing January 1 of 2022, and you have to take a little less. Mm-hmm. But if you're deferring your 2021 payment, you use the old table on that one, then you switch to the new table for the uh, second one that's due by the end of the year. I know all that sounds a little They're complicated, really but you the uh, your custodians will generally figure it out for you unless you've inherited an IRA, and if that gets complicated for you, call us and we'll tell you how to do it. Yeah. Because it is very complicated. It is. All right. Um, let's see where we're going. I, I'm going to try to use this by example. Prior child credits, prior to this one, the government would say, we're using we're using a number of $300 a month, or $3,600. Now it's going to vary by children and income and all that. So let's say the previous time, government says, okay, I'm giving you a tax credit of $3,600 on April 15th. Not only that, it's what they call a refundable tax credit. That's like saying, I know it's an elephant, but I'm going to call it a horse. <laughs> there is no such thing as refunding something you didn't pay unless you live in Washington, D.C. So bear with me. You're getting the 3600 even if you didn't make any money. But they said, we can give it to you partly up front or all at the end or however you want it. So 300 a month if you want it helps your cash flow a little bit, and it doesn't hurt anything because you know that money is being gifted to you by them next April 15th. Can't run out one way or the other. Well, they pulled a little fast one on us for this one, and they've been shouting from the treetops how wonderful they are, and new tax credit. They're not giving you the money this time.
1: Nope.
0: Come April 15th, you don't get 3600 to work against. All it works against is what you have paid in yourself, through your payroll withholding or quarterlies. Now, let's say you were cutting it close. We'd like to advise clients to try to stay within $100 or $2 of breaking even. You pay a little or get a little back. That way nobody's making any loans to anybody. So let's say you were going to get a, well, just throw out a number, $1,000 refund. You're you're way overdoing it a little bit. But you decide you're going to take $3,600 worth of monthly payments against that. Well, when you get up to April fifteenth, your thousand dollars has disappeared, and you owe sixteen hundred.
1: <laughs> they didn't tell you that, did they? Lucky you. And then, what happens if you're not eligible? Come oh April.
0: Oh, you knew, remember all those payments we were getting for the cares and and what well, what no not, not. Uh, yeah, the other, yeah anyway, the when ones, they're giving yeah. you money the PPP whatever. If you got money from the government, then you did not have to pay it back. Now, there are a couple of people that are trying to get Claude back, but in general, if you've received some money, it's yours, period. End of discussion, even if you weren't qualified by income. This time, it's different. So if you get $300, like Adam did, and time has gone by and his income got a little higher and all of a sudden he's not in these qualification limits, do you think he has to give it back? Last time, no. This time? Oh, yes.
1: So basically, I got a nice letter from the government on Friday saying, look what we did for you. Mm-hmm. And what they did for me was try and slap me with a big tax bill next year. So the good news is you can opt out of this. And yes. there is a website you can go to to opt out of this. I did it. It was fairly simple. Um, we can. Uh, we, if, if you do have a question about that, if you think you might be in the same situation as me, call me at the office. Uh, on Monday, 685-1505, and we'll walk you through it.
0: And I think this one is so particularly powerful and important to people that we will probably do it again in each of the next two shows because you can opt out anytime you want to, and not everybody gets to hear every show. But if you don't, there's going to be some mightily unhappy people come tax return time, and there's going to be a lot of unhappy tax preparers Because they're going to be giving news to people that they're not going to like. And you know what you do. You blame the messenger. Just don't (laughs) shoot the messenger. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. This is the Family Financial Hour.